Welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get really personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really, really personal. So personal that the things that come up, they haven't really shared anywhere else, which is what I love about this show and this podcast. Today, I had Dr. Randall Johns, um, who has an incredible story of being, uh, of almost dying of cancer. He was told that he was going to die in two months. He was given two months to, to live. And um, of course, this questions as a chiropractor, as you can imagine, all of his conviction around chiropractic, his belief systems, his lifestyle, everything. Um, he goes from that, and we're going to cover overcoming cancer and so much more what did what that did for him. Um, there's just so much wisdom in today's episode, but make sure you listen or watch all the way to the end because his answer to who his spirit animal is, it's too funny to miss, and that's towards the end. Um, one of the things that Randall shared today that is so on point about his uh, mental state as he was going through the cancer process and the importance of all of that in beating cancer, which of course, as you can imagine, you can use that towards beating anything, crushing any goal or whatever it is that you have. Um, it, it, and it was, I know it sounds cliche, but it, he was talking about his mindset and the mental space management. I know I talk about this inside of Elevate Club all the time. I feel one of the biggest things that I have done has been to prioritize the mental space that I have and, and put that as a priority to manage my mental space. And, um, you know, I, I do this and I share this in Elevate Club and, and I want to share this here with you guys because without the right mindset, without having a vision for where your health is, what your health looks like and what your area of connection looks like, you're either going to end up working too hard um, or you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. So anyways, like I said, so much wisdom in today's conversation. Also, check out Elevate Club and join if it resonates with you. I'm sure there's a link in here somewhere, but you can also go to www.elevate.me and elevate is spelled E-L-I-V, not E-L-E-V. And I know you're gonna love today's episode uh, and you're gonna love Randall. So be sure to subscribe and engage and share and enjoy this episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. And so secret that I have Dr. Randall Johns, and he is one of my favorite chiropractors, probably also one of my favorite humans. I happen to know him a little bit more personally, and I know of all these great things that he has done in his life. He has uh, started out as a chiropractor, co-founded a chiropractic wellness company called Elevation Health. He did that for a while. He helped tons of chiropractors, students, and of course, patients um, get access to spinal corrective care, natural health uh, lifestyles, as well as wellness solutions. 
He is right now the co-founder um, uh, or, or the founder and CEO of Happy Healthy Thin Customized Weight Loss Systems. Um, he can also help healthcare pr- uh, practitioners kind of add that in to gain financial freedom into their practices. In May of 2017, Randall co-founded a company called Happy Healthy Guys. Um, it's an online lifestyle brand, and he co-founded this company with his best friend and business partner, Dr. Rob Vasquez. And um, they came out with a book called The Healthy Happy Life that gives a proven framework to create success in every area of life. They have one-of-a-kind product that they released, um, which is an SCT oil. And um, he's done all kinds of cool things. He's traveled the world. He's done lots of training abroad. He, I would consider him a metabolic expert. I've learned a lot from him uh, with regards to nutrition um, and a bunch of other things. He's an entrepreneur. And I think that he has an incredible story to share, which I would love to kind of get into today. Well, welcome, Randall. Wow, Dr. Noda, what an intro. The secret's out. The secret is out and it's about to get juicy. It's about to, we're about to like tap into more of the secret. So I'm super excited. Yeah. So thank you for having me on it. It's obviously a huge honor and love and respect everything that you do. So this is, this is exciting for me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, And so the very first question I have for you, Randall, which is a question I ask a lot of my guests is if you could describe who Randall was when he was like four years old, five years old, like your earliest childhood memory of Randall, like who was he, what was childhood like at that point? And then how did that play into who you are today as this massively successful entrepreneur, all the businesses, all the things you've gone through? Yeah. Wow. Great, great opening question. We couldn't be like, who is, uh, what was the name of your first dog or any of that? (laughs) Right to tell me about your childhood. So um, I, I'm very blessed. Actually, I, I grew up in a a great home. I mean, no home is perfect, and no parent is perfect. But um, I was blessed. My my mom and dad were great parents. Uh, I grew up in a small town called Texarkana, Texas. Uh, probably fifty thousand people. We had forty acres of land and horses, and of course, pets. And there was always something to do. We were never inside from sports to riding our bike to everybody would come to our house because my mom liked to cook for everyone. And um, so a really amazing childhood. And, you know, a lot of people don't get to come from that, you know, a two parent home with a, you know, they were, you know, not perfect either, but they just seemed to love the fact that they were parents and and they loved me. I was the oldest of two, uh, two other brothers. So three of us. So it's Randall, it's Randall, it's Russell, and it's Ryan. Ryan came around about 10 years later, but Russell and I were three years apart. So he was, we competed with everything and we couldn't have been more polar opposites to kind of even answer your question. So what was I, I like? I was the kid where all of my clothes had to match and I would keep my shoes spotless. <laughs> I could see that if you guys have seen Randall on social media or you know him personally, like that, that's too funny. Okay. So I, I remember, uh, there was a, is there a clothing line still called Granimals? Is that a, is that a thing? 
I don't think so. Not in California anyway. Well, anyway, there was a clothing line and like each piece would match with the piece that matched the grandma piece. Is, is so, that like the Gucci of childhood? Is that what it was? Like well, when, when you were a kid? <laughs> we didn't have a lot of money. Um, so I doubt that it was the most expensive line of clothing. But there's no way you couldn't match it up because it was strategically set up that way. Got and then it. one Easter morning, my mom had the suit picked out. It was a granules all matched up. And I, I told my mom that it didn't match and that I wasn't going to wear it. And, um, and then my dad came in after about 20 minutes of me arguing with my mom making a slate. And my dad's like, son, uh, you're going to go in the suit wearing business and this is going to be your favorite suit. <laughs> so, so I had a very, very strong father figure in my life mm-hmm. and I was held to a very, very high standard. Uh, it really, I wanted to be a, I was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't room for anything that wasn't perfect. Um, that was maybe the the biggest thing that I took away from my childhood, which served me well in a lot of areas. But there were also some problems that created for me that I had to overcome later in life as mm-hmm. I begin for myself and fail at certain things, looking back at some of that. But there wasn't a lot of money, but there was a lot of love. Um in fact, my mom was a great, uh, she sewed a lot of our clothes. So mm. instead of to the mall to pick out clothes, we'd go to Hancock Fabrics and we'd pick out the print and mom would make the matching tops and bottoms. And then she would put in there made by uh, FJ, her name is Freddie Johns. So she would put the FJ signature label on there. So my mom was a designer uh, back in the day. Did she, um, did you make her, first of all, did you pick the fabric? Did you go with her to pick the fabric? Of course you yeah. did. Go to, uh, we can go to the fabric store yeah. and pick out the fabrics. Yeah. She, she would turn that into, you know, shorts and shirts and all the fun stuff. That's awesome. That's so cool. So I so- saw a long work ethic and I saw a diligence uh, with my mom and dad. They worked hard. You know, they, they didn't ask anything of us. They didn't ask it themselves. They were willing to sacrifice. So a lot of good values were stacked into me at a very early age. Yeah. And I know, um, and, and I could totally see that in your personality too. And then now lo- looking, <laughs> looking back to your childhood or, or maybe not, maybe even as an adolescent, what is a funny story that your family tells about you? Mm. A funny story about me. Yeah, a funny story that your family is like, oh, yeah, this one time Randall did dot, dot, dot. Oh, let's see. What would that be? Okay, so um, so going back to sewing, my mom had a sewing cabinet uh, in one of the back rooms of the home where she obviously would go in and do her thing. Yeah. And I had, I was probably, I don't know, four or five years old, and I loved uh, crayons. What kid doesn't? So I had gone back in that back sewing room and I had taken crayons and scribbled all over her sewing desk. Uh, very creative, very artistic. And so I wanted to, to bring some color to the sewing machine, apparently. Naturally. And, yeah, naturally. And then so uh, obviously later that day, um, my mom came to me and said, hey, and obviously she knew who it was. She goes, you know, Randy, did you? did you color on the sewing machine? And I said, I said, no, I did not. And so she went and got dad. And then dad came in and said, now, Randy, did you, 
did you color on the sewing machine? I said, no, sir, I did not. And he said, well, then, then who did it? And I said, well, mom did it. <laughs> why, why do you think that mom did that? I said, because I saw her, dad. I saw her do it. And <laughs> Wait, hold on, how old are you? How old are you? Five years old, probably. <laughs> um, and my, so let me get this straight. You, uh, you saw mom go in with your crayons and color on her sewing which is her pride and joy, and you saw her do it. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> so, needless to say, I uh, I got in trouble. I definitely got. A, there was definitely not sparing the rod in my home. Yeah, uh, but it, it was kind of funny. We, we used to joke about it for years, uh, and they would always tell that story. It was so you know I was already back in my four and five year old days. I was a salesman. I'm trying to control the situation. <laughs> Tell my dad the fact that I saw my mom do it to avoid uh, getting a spanking. Unbelievable. That is so funny. That's that's hilarious. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, there's there's probably a better one, but that one, I guess that one popped in my in my head. It's perfect. It's a perfect funny story. So um moving forward in in life in general, what's like what's been the lowest like part of your life, like where you've been the, at the lowest moment, what has that been like? Wow. There's been, um, there's been several really, really low moments, um, which are, you know, you think when you have your lowest moment that when that's like, well, that was my lowest moment. There'll, there'll never be anything lower than that. Right. And then you have your next moment. Mm-hmm. That's what we know about life. That only thing guaranteed is adversity. And it's interesting that you asked this question because when I look back at my life, these low moments were the were the opportunities totally. for more about myself. Yeah. And the person. And that's what can happen in these moments. But to go back to the the question, probably I would say that maybe for the purpose of this call, we can maybe extrapolate on this topic was um, July of 2010. Mm-hmm. I was down late stage cancer, um, as you as you know about. Mm-hmm. Found this. You just found this out recently, actually, about me. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thirty six years old, and I'm a chiropractor by trade. At, at that time, I'd been in practice for eight years. A very successful wellness clinic. It was an all cash million dollar clinic. Um, it was my passion. You know, if you're in that world, you know you live it, you breathe it, you take it home with you. And you just wear every single emotion on your sleeve because you want to turn everybody's life around. And that was my world. But at 36 years old, I, you know, if you'd have looked at me and thought, well, this guy is very healthy. Um, and there's no way that was possible because you don't get diagnosed with late stage cancer when your body's healthy, when you're adapting physically, chemically, and emotionally. So they diagnosed me with uh, metastatic melanoma cancer. It was late stage. They gave me two months to two years. It was a by their words, a lethal diagnosis. And uh, so at that moment in my life, I was really overwhelmed. Um, I was ashamed. I was frustrated. I was in denial. I was scared. Mm -hmm. Uh, All those emotions that you might feel uh, if you lose your health or have that diagnosis, especially when I tell you have, you know, the C word, the, the cancer word. So I think in that moment, there was a lot of things that I had to learn about myself and really find out what I really believed and what I didn't, 
mm-hmm. and the right questions. Because it's it's easy to say one thing, but what are you going to do and say when you're in the fire, when you're right in the middle of it, and there's nobody coming to save you? What are you going to do? And I really had my values and my principles tested in my lowest moment, which was probably, um, you know, that's what almost 12 years ago. Yeah. This next- yeah. So I think it's, it's one thing to go through a cancer and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I have not experienced anything remotely close to that, but I feel like it's one thing to experience cancer. It's another to experience cancer while you're the chiropractor saving the world from all kind of disease, right? Including cancer, if you would, direct or indirect. It's like it adds another layer to, like you mentioned, shame and guilt. What's that part of it? Because you're this chiropractor, you live the chiropractic lifestyle, and here you are, stage four cancer. Great insight. You nailed it. Yep. I was, um, I was so embarrassed and ashamed. I felt like a fraud. Mm. I felt like you've got all this success. You're helping people turn their life around. Yeah. They're going to find out that you, that this lifestyle that you're teaching, preaching and, and living is you got cancer. Mm. I, I couldn't even hardly process it. And what was crazy uh, Nona was that just three years earlier, my father had died. Mm. And so I already felt ashamed that I couldn't save his life. Mm. So now it's like your father dies. Um, now you've got it. Yeah. Are you really, are you full of shit? Like, have we all believed a lie? Mm. You know, scary, the shame of that. And even like the, uh, I was experiencing like survivor guilt or that remorse where, yeah, why did my dad die and I made it? And if I'd have known what I know now, he wouldn't have died in my mind. But you can't go back and do all of that, right? Um, but yeah, so the shame of that was was a real thing, and it's really one of the reasons I didn't really tell anybody. There was only a handful of people that even knew, mm. uh, as I was searching for answers and praying to God for wisdom. Yeah. You know, praying to be to be healed. I really was praying, you know, give me the wisdom and the strength it's going to take. Yeah. To ask questions and to be willing to do and believe what I knew to be true was that my body was designed to be healthy, that health is the normal disease, the yeah. abnormal. So cancer is not the normal situation here. My body's clearly not adapting. Yeah. So let's figure out why metabolically something is wrong and and i'm gonna figure that out um yeah. and that's about me nona and as you know maybe a little bit about me i've got a belief system in me that is so strong even when i have no idea i just believe i'm going to find a way right and, uh, and that there's a resilience in me that has been strengthened over many many years and that was maybe one of those uh biggest opportunities ever to strengthen that because the same truth in the light is the same truth in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Cancer me sick. I was already sick. That's why I had the cancer. So I treated the cancer didn't make any sense. You'd have left the person that's still sick, not adapting and not healthy and potentially dead. Cause obviously they're telling me it's chemotherapy, it's radiation, it's surgery, it's drug trial, it's hospice care, you know, morphine as you die. And I'm like, you know, it's bad enough. I got cancer. 
I sure as hell don't want to have to deal with that and then try to poison myself back into health, which we know is, uh, is counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. And so obviously this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. So um, this is very complex. You had the survival gift, uh, guilt after your dad passed away. And then on top of it, you're this chiropractor living that chiropractic lifestyle, saving people's lives. And then you have cancer. And now your entire belief system in which on which you have built an entire business, your entire life is being questioned. Like, you know, and, and you're being told if you don't do the opposite of what you believe, you are going to die in two months from now, right? They gave you a two month uh, sort of timeline. Yeah, they were telling me two months, two years, maybe, you know, it's. Two years, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and what you got, you had a persistence and resiliency like in you, did you not prior to this? So like, aside from those being tested and your conviction around, uh, certain belief systems being tested, what was like the biggest thing that cancer gave you as you went through this process? Yeah, I, I think it, um, in fact, I know it did. It strengthened what, what I already knew to be true. It really did for me. And that was really an important moment where, you know, what are you going to do? You know, if you really know what you've been saying, if you really believe that, you know, the greatest doctor is on the inside and that help happens from above, down, inside and out, then, then what are you going to do with that? You've taught this to thousands of people and you've seen the results of the application of that that principle, that immutable law. So I think, you know, believing and knowing that my journey, if I stuck to my values and I stuck to my principles and I kept moving forward, that I would, it would prove me more right. Not that I wanted to be right. I mean, I didn't want to be right. I didn't want to be dead. Yeah. But I, I think I knew that it would prove me to be right at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it would strengthen my own fortitude and my story and my ability to speak on something Mm-hmm. that the world needs to know and that we know people don't know. And that's why they don't get to live the life typically that we get to live because mm-hmm. of all the lies they believed over their entire life. And so that strength and that belief system in me, that led me into Spain where I'd worked with a doctor there who worked with me philosophically. Um, he was coolest guy, but still is Dr. Raymond Helu, a good friend of mine. I just had dinner with him uh, a few weeks back. He was in Dallas, still lives in Marbella, Spain. Nice. But he, uh, you know, he, he got what I wanted. He goes, you know, as a chiropractor, you bring the force to matter. He goes, but I help bring the matter to the force. So he was a cellular biologist, a medical doctor from Lebanon and a brilliant man, but you got to have both. And so we connected immediately. And uh, obviously the results speak for themselves. I'm not dead. And I'm thriving. And that was always my goal was never just to survive cancer. It was not even just to thrive. It was to be, what am I going to learn from this? This is an opportunity so I can be a better, stronger version of myself and then bring more value to people. Yeah. Going to learn, not just physically with the treatments, but emotionally and mentally, this is going to serve me well. And I will make a bigger impact because of this. And that was, you know, and I had to master that, that monotony of the daily taking control of the thoughts, because you can think yourself healthy. You can think yourself sick. We already know the biology of belief, your epigenetic expression of how your thoughts impact the cells. So 
I had to protect that and work on that. And that was something that was proven to even create more resilience because mm-hmm. if you can overcome late stage cancer, now you're thinking, okay, uh, what, what's, what's the next little moment? Yes. <laughs> just, did, uh, just beat the odds. Uh, it's like, I just beat cancer. What do we do now? Go to lunch? Like, do we have brunch? Like, it's like, yeah. Drink a couple of San Miguel's on the Mediterranean sea and smoke a Davidoff and kick your feet up and say, That's oh, right. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So um, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your, I want to definitely like acknowledge your vulnerability in this conversation too, because to share that story, which I know you have shared before, it's not the first time, but to like really get into it and, and uh, you know, express all the things that you went through is really important. And, uh, and it will help somebody who's listening or watching this. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I had, um, and, and not to interrupt, but I just, I had, you know, so you asked me, you know, did I have other things that led me to that point? Because clearly getting to that point at 36, there were years of things that helped me get to that place to make that decision mm-hmm. and to to my guns, so to say. And so even going back to um, my, uh, my family dynamic, my, my father uh, was, a, was a really, really good man. And I told you about my youngest brother, Ryan. Uh, he died when he was 27. Mm-hmm. He had just an horrible health problems, was born with a genetic condition called Apert syndrome, very rare. And so when my brother was born, my father took on two extra jobs along with his full-time job. You know, if you look at the family dynamic, when there's kids who have either like mental uh, problems or physical ailments, usually the couples don't make it, especially right. in the world. Uh, the guys usually get out of there or they, they don't, the marriage doesn't work. Yeah. And marriage work, my father took on two extra jobs um, to help make sure that all bills were paid and that my brother got the best care he needed. And as a kid, Think about what that meant to me to see my father become more of who I thought him to be in his one of his worst moments when your son is born into this world and they're telling him he'll never live past a year old. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful to see. So I think some of those things I'll begin to see early on in life that were building that in me. Yeah. To know that you don't run from it when it gets hard. You dig in deeper and okay. you go. Yeah, that's, that's the perfect chance to really find out what you're made of. Cause it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. You know it. That's just daily. Yeah. And it sounds like you picked up some of your father's traits that have been, you know, not just like what you experienced and how you experienced him, but also the traits in him. Right. Which is incredible. Now I know you talked about the, um, the thoughts, right? Like as you were going through cancer, you had to monitor your thoughts. What are some of the things that you, you kind of want to express in your body? And, um, I know for a lot of people that looks like a morning routine or a lot of different practices. Now I'm curious for you, what your morning routine looks like and what a day in a life of Randall looks like, like run us through top to bottom, like wake up, what time, what do you do? And What's, what does your day look like, Randall? Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I, I think these are the things that I've worked on for many, many years to build these habits. And, you know, so for me, getting up early is very, very important. Um, the great news is that 
if you don't drink a bottle of wine before you go to bed and you get to bed at a decent hour, you'll actually sleep really great and wake up naturally. I don't like to wake up to an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do because I have to make sure that I do get up. But yeah, so I, I'll naturally wake up around probably six o'clock, six fifteen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so for me at that point, I go straight to my, I have a PIMF mat, a pulse electromagnetic frequency mat. And uh, some of the technology I even used when I was in Spain, uh, a little more high power, but um, I use that. Every, so I go in there every morning and I'll put on a podcast uh, that I want to listen to. So I'm laying on there for 45 minutes to an hour. I've got my podcast going and that's usually how I start my morning. Um mm-hmm. You know, if not, if the podcast is, you know, maybe I don't want to listen to an hour, then I'll just get my my gratitude thoughts and my verbal, my affirmations going through the things that I write down that I want to believe and think about myself. So I write it down. I go through it. I'm affirming. I'm praying. I'm asking God for, you know, wisdom, strength, all the things I'm going to need to take on today. So I'm just really, it's my time to be alone with God. Let my body relax, heal, vibrate at a very high level. And uh, that's typically my morning. And then I'll either go for a workout, uh, depending on the day, or um, then I go to my coffee shop. <laughs> so I love coffee. So there's a, there's a coffee shop called Buongiorno, pretty close to where I live. And I'll usually go there and I'll, I'll do, I like to read. Um, and then I'll go back through my notes and things that I know I have to do for the week. So just kind of get myself wrapped around that every single morning over coffee, over a podcast, over prayer time. And if I do that, because typically I do a lot of fasting, so I don't really schedule my day much around eating. Um, I typically don't ever eat breakfast, even if I work out. I just let my body tell me when I'm hungry. So typically that won't be till two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, which is great because now you're mentally clear, you're focused, your your body is in a, a high place of healing. You've had a good 12, 14, 16 plus hours of not putting food in your body to give it a break, to really stimulate autophagy, which is the most heightened form of physical healing you can tap into. And so I'll, I'll typically either uh, work from there. I'll work um, on a, some type of project I have with our company with Happy Healthy. Uh, you know, we have a virtual platform. We have products that we sell online. Uh, a new podcast recently started. Um, or I'm writing uh, content, I'm writing a white paper. Uh, I'm, I'm doing something to bring value to the company. Uh, in my, and that's what I love doing is bringing value to things. So, and I get creative when I'm up doing those things, you know. You have, I love that you have so much freedom in your day too, even though you have the structure of it, but you have freedom, you get to be creative. And of course it starts with that super structured way of doing things in the morning too. So um, here comes the fun part. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you're going to give me like kind of short, rapid answers. Okay. You ready? Of course. All right. Randall, what is your, uh, did you have a childhood nickname? Uh, RJ. RJ. Okay. Any other ones? Um, no, but I, have, uh, I had an imaginary friend. What was his name? Was it a girl or a boy? The boy. What was his name? Henry. Henry. Yeah. No, they called me RJ Randy. My birth name is Randall. Awesome. I talk to him a lot. Explains a lot about me. Talk talk to what a lot? Henry, my imaginary friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what 
I'm surprised you didn't blame the coloring of the sewing machine on Henry. Oh, I, I should have, but mom's been like an easier target. Was it? <laughs> I was really convinced I could turn my dad around and get him on my side. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to sell this hard. Um, what kind of car do you drive, Randall? I drive uh, an Aston Martin. Okay. It's a DVS silver metallic color. It's beautiful. Uh, but my daily driver, I like a good, strong Texas truck. So <laughs> I've, got, I've got a huge Tahoe that I drive. That's more my daily driver. Break out the other car on occasion. Um, but yeah, I got to have a truck in Texas. That's right. Okay, cool. Um, what kind of student were you when you were in school, either high school, chiropractic school? Like, were you an A student? Were you like a C student? Yeah, so I'm not the, I'm, I'm interesting like this. Even like my, when you ask me about my day, it's like, it's not the typical day. I'm really kind of, I have to have freedom. It's my highest value. But I was an A student. In fact, I was only one of six people in grade to have all straight A's in my school. And wow. Uncle, how cool is that? In fact, I always say my life peaked in sixth grade. I was MVP of the Milk Bowl. They carried me off the field. I was uh, academically outstanding with my straight A's. Um, really hit level there. But then what got me in trouble was I didn't have to study and I could still pull stuff off. Problem. So built in some bad habits in my life where I could cut corners and still get the intended result. But that even goes back to, I know this is supposed to be quick, but it kind of goes back to my perfectionist mindset that I put on myself where you don't want to fail at anything because if you try too hard and you fail, then you're no longer perfect. Mm. So I almost started tempering expectation even of myself, although I wanted to appear to be perfect. I, I didn't think I was able to pull that off and I didn't want to pull that off. So I was caught in this weird quandary back and forth. But yeah, I was a really good student. I wasn't a great student. I could kind of get away with it. But then once I got into um, chiropractic school, I really buckled down and, and made uh, made great. You did fine. And you did just fine. I think you turned out okay, Randall. Did okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Um, Randall, what was your very first job? It was... Um, Cutting grass, cutting grass. Like a neighbor? Yeah, so I, I started in the lawn service. You started and, uh, service, yeah. Lawn service. Yeah, so I would go door to door around the neighborhood and I would uh, ask if I could cut their yard. So I was probably, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years old. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then and we was working. I had jobs before that, they just weren't paid jobs because there was a lot to do around the 40 acres of land I grew up on. That's more it, like chores. No, we, it was work. No, no, no. It was some work. We did not watch cartoons on Saturday morning. We got up early and we went to work. <laughs> yeah, but if you didn't get paid and if, if your uh, dad asked you to do it. Yeah, first first paid job was cutting grass. Cutting grass. Okay, got it. Um, who has been, who would you say has had the biggest influence in your life? Hmm. I would say, I would say it's my father, but, um, I would say the, I want to go a different direction. I would say really my, my brother, Ryan mm. really fired me and impacted me the most because he had every reason to have a bad attitude. Um, 
to just not want to get out of bed, to be a recluse, to be a victim. And Ryan was the opposite of all of those things. In fact, he had a quote. He said, you get two choices in life. You can look up or you can look down. And I choose to look up. Pretty simple, but pretty profound. And he was somebody that the world said, discard this guy. He's not worth anything. And Ryan overcame every single obstacle. And he inspired me the most. If I'm ever having a bad day or feel sad about something, I'm like, you know what? What would Ryan do right now? He'd be high-fiving, getting on the phone with a buddy, telling somebody that he loved him, giving us one of those huge, big bear hugs. He's a big guy that he loved to give. So I would say Ryan has impacted me in a way that nobody ever could. Oh, that's really sweet. Well, one last question. Here, no, maybe two questions, actually. Okay. Okay. Where do you grocery shop? Do you do your own grocery shopping? I do. I actually enjoy it. Okay. Central Market. Central Market. Oh, Central Market. Okay. That's somewhere in Texas. And last question. Do you have a spirit animal? And if so, what is it? Uh, I I don't know if I do. But if I had to pick one. You had to pick one. I'm going to steal this from the movie Couples Retreat. It would probably be the ass. What? I forgot about that. Yes. (laughs) Tell us what is your spirit animal. You're like a lion, a tiger. I'm the ass. I'm stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much um, for being here with me. Um, Why don't you tell everybody what is uh, the most exciting thing that you are working on right now? What's, you know, what projects do you have, what things you're doing? And also tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you. And we'll put all the links in the show notes. So, yeah. No, I'm I'm super excited uh, what's going on right now. So I'm a little late to the game. Better late than never. So the Happy Healthy Life podcast launches July 1st. Uh, first episode has already been recorded and it's there. You can get it on all the major links, the Happy Healthy Life. You can go ahead and listen to that. If you want to jump in and subscribe, like, give us some feedback. But that is going to be something I'm so excited about because that's the one thing I really miss about practice is the, uh, the ability to bring so much information to people and content and now I've got the best platform in the world we all do with the podcast. So the Happy Healthy Life launches July 1st. Uh, our book is in editing, The Happy Healthy Life as well. Um, so that's something you could pre-order, which is, that's going to be great, great. It's going to go into a lot of detail about my life and Dr. Rob's life and, and where we are today. And uh, all that, can you can go to happyhealthycentral.com and connect with us. We've got virtual platforms that we're building out now so we can help people metabolically all over the country. There's opportunity for doctors if they want to be affiliates with us to help bring more income to their practice. So happyhealthycentral.com. Um, I guess that's probably what I'm working on. There'll be lots of fun stuff. Oh yeah, we're building an app out right now, which is cool. So yeah. the app is happening for the virtual platform. Super exciting. Very cool. Well, yeah. and you're accessible on social media. If someone wants to connect with you personally, yeah. find him. He's super easy to, to kind of connect with, right? Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Please connect on social media. I, I'm mainly on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I really don't the other, uh, the other social media platforms, but yeah, under, uh, Dr. Randall B. Johns on Instagram. Uh, also the happy, healthy guys, uh, with Dr. Rob. And then on Facebook, it's under Randall B. Johns as well. 
Yeah, perfect. And we'll put all of these links in the in the show notes as well so everybody can access that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Randall. I know that you are so busy with all these entrepreneurial things that you are doing. So I totally appreciate you giving me this time and giving everybody your story, your vulnerability, and everything that you have learned. So thank you. Thank you. I hope this was valuable and, and that maybe it makes somebody smile and feel encouraged and know that uh, there's nothing that they can't accomplish. So thank you, Dr. Nona. You're the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you guys, or you will be listening to us uh, on another episode here soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.